And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program of Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and it's great to be here with every one of you as we have a great program prepared for you today as we're going to encourage you from the book of 2 Timothy. So we hope that you can stay tuned. And for those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family and follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to look into 2 Timothy and see what you have to reveal to us. Pray for your blessing on each and everybody tuned in. And Lord, that you'll just bless our time, speak through us, and help us grow closer to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Two Pools Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones encouraging you through the book of 2 Timothy. And of course, for those of you that are tuned into our program, keep us in prayer. And of course, uh, share your thoughts with us in your comments there on the blog, those of you that are following us live. And before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to our program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Always great to be on, brother. Uh, uh, what's the title of this uh, program today? I was just usually you lead off with uh, a fancy title that we can uh, share with people. What are you going to call this one? Yeah, it, basically encouragement for the last days. Encouragement for the last days. That's an excellent title because... I know about you, but uh, I sure need encouragement in these last days. Absolutely. And yeah, Nathan, and that's why you and I have been doing these programs now. These past few weeks, we've actually been focusing on encouraging our listening audience because there's just a lot of stuff going on in the news. You take the time every week to give prophecy updates along with the team there of Lamb and Lion because it's just so much that happens every day to discourage us. So encouragement is something that is so important. Yeah, I know it, well, the Lord said that the times would get dark and continue to grow darker the closer he got to his return. And we're all feeling it. Uh, even if you're the most ardent uh, fan of, of our country, there's seems this feeling that something's so wrong and it's so amiss, uh, not just here, but all over the world. And people are feeling it. You know, uh, we know that the world is trying to say that there's more than one, uh, more than two genders and and that men should be able to compete in female athletics and transgenderism is a normal concept. I mean, things that totally go against the grain of nature and people know that. And so they're seeing it get darker and darker and people get more and more evil and evil being more accepted. And you're starting to feel dismayed. Like, well, you know, are we going to get caught in the tide? Are we going to be like Lot's family that uh, was assailed by the city of uh, Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. So I, I feel it. I'm sure you feel it. And, I think we really do need to look to the Bible as our source of encouragement and joy, because without it, things would seem pretty hopeless, wouldn't they? Absolutely, Nathan. Absolutely. And Nathan, speaking of that, too, there's a lot of wonderful resources uh, through our ministry to encourage people. Can you share with with them uh, what we do and how they can get a hold of these wonderful um, resources? Well, certainly. Well, the Truth Will Set You Free podcast is a podcast ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries, and our ministry is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, we do that in a number of different ways. Most people know our television show, Christ in Prophecy, with Dr. David Reagan and myself. Uh, but we have a plethora of resources on our website at christinprophecy.org. Articles and videos, both long and short term, or prophetic perspectives videos, social media. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. You could read blog articles. Uh, we want to equip you in, in God's word and get you excited about his soon return give you that hope and joy you're looking for. So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nate. And Nathan, well, there's a conference coming up very soon this month, right? 
Absolutely. On uh, March 20th, uh, uh, three o'clock central time, four o'clock uh, Eastern, is our unshakable conference. So we're calling it unshakable because we want to teach people about unshakable faith. And so you can go to our website, ChristinProphecy.org. It actually is on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. It's a streaming conference. It's free. Uh, check it out. We'll have three presentations, one by myself, Dr. David Reagan, and Colonel Tim Moore. And then we'll follow it with a live Q&A for an hour answering people's questions right through the YouTube chat. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to it coming up. And I hope folks can join us on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. Well, Nathan, that is fantastic. We're already in prayer for that. I think it's going to be great, great opportunities. Thank you for sharing that information. And Nathan, of course, as we've been talking about encouragement, uh, we find so many wonderful examples in the Word of God of encouragement. And we find that of Paul encouraging young Timothy, uh, much like a younger, excuse me, an older seasoned saint encouraging the younger uh, generation. And, and I feel that, that that in a sense, we have an opportunity to do that today because of all the craziness that's happening in the world. So I, you and I have gone through um, a number of books that we taught uh, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And uh, Second Timothy is also an amazing uh, book to be able to encourage individuals as Paul through his journeys, encourages young Timothy. So you and I are actually going to dive into that today and uh, pick up some wonderful things also that relate to Bible prophecy uh, from uh, 2 Timothy. So Nathan, would you be able to take us there to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and read for us the opening verses 1 and 2? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, bear in mind a little context here. This is 67 uh, A.D., the Apostle Paul is in prison for the last time. Uh, he's going to be beheaded very shortly. And so what he's doing is he's leaving his final words to his protege, Timothy. He's passing the baton from, from himself to Timothy. And so it's a very personal letter. It's uh, Timothy was like a son to him. I kinda, I've kind i been reading through the Lord of the Rings books again, and you could kind of say that Paul was uh, the Bilbo for Frodo Baggins, which is... <laughs> He's passing the ring from one to the next. And so it's a very personal, it's like a father giving his last words to his son. And it begins, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. Oh, Nathan, I, I mean, that's it's, that's emotional right there when you really uh, I love the way that you put it. And it is is this wisdom being passed down. I mean, think about it. Paul right now is really seeing uh, the axe almost coming down on his head, if you will. So he knows his time is short. And there he finds this wonderful young man, Timothy. And he also knows that his time is short. So he wants to pass on to him uh, all of the things that God has done in his life. But Nathan, I love verse one that you read for us. It says there, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. You and I and those who serve the Lord, we're doing this by the will of the Lord. Well, you got to remember that Paul used to be Saul. He was a, a Pharisee, a Pharisee among Pharisees. He would say he was a protege himself one time of Gamaliel, a, a, one of the most famous of the Pharisees of that time period. Paul had great zeal for the Mosaic law, and he persecuted the church terribly. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. He was holding the cloaks while the older gentlemen were stoning him to death. He approved of it. And then he went on this violent rampage for the Sanhedrin, arresting the new Christians and going. And he goes to Damascus. 
and the Lord reveals himself and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul, Saul wants to know who he is. He says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. And that was a big moment for Saul. And after some contemplation, he realized that uh, Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecies. And so he spent a number of years training and learning uh, about Jesus, and he was commissioned by Jesus. So by the will of God, God could have left Saul out there being persecuting and, and being anti-Christian. And instead he said, nope, he decided to intervene and change Saul's life, and he was renamed Paul. And so he was brought to Jesus Christ by the will of God for the purpose of being the apostle to the Gentiles. The other 11 apostles seemed to focus on uh, the Jews, at least at first. <coughs> Excuse me, they would eventually go out to the Gentiles around the world. But Saul or Paul was considered the first of the apostles to the Gentiles, and he spread the churches and settled them all throughout, which is modern-day Turkey and even as far as Rome. Ooh, Nathan, and, and we thank the Lord for that because here we are, Gentiles, you and I, we have been grafted into the family of God. And I, I see what a wonderful plan God has for Paul's life. That's the same way that he has for all our lives. And Nathan, I also appreciate verse two, the wonderful relationship that Christians can have, right? Because verse two says to Timothy, a beloved son. And isn't it nice when we as believers can have a relationship with one another in, in that um, in that same way. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting that we can, if you look at your salvation as a chain, in other words, someone led you to the Lord, but someone had led them to the Lord and so far and so yeah. far back, more than likely your salvation can be attributed to the teachings of Paul and settling. If you're of the European uh, heritage, like you and I are, uh, you know, we both come from European, though different countries back then. <laughs> uh, right by Paul and very well Timothy could have been a link in that chain we could owe our salvation to Timothy if, if we came out of Timothy's uh, church there so uh, yeah Paul saw Timothy as a now again uh, Paul didn't have a wife he didn't have children and so he kind of adopted Timothy so to speak as a mentor mentee relationship and then just grew to love him like a son and um, beloved son and it, it's kind of similar to the relationship that Jesus had with with the apostles he they were his followers and friends, but uh, they he treated them as children, as as beloved children, and that's a neat way to to show your God's love through you is to mentor other Christians who are younger in the faith and show them Christ's love as a parent would, and raise them up to be uh, godly examples and a replacement in uh, for us in the in the chain that uh, we're forming. Wow, Nathan, that is so well put. You know, I've almost I've almost been now teaching through the word as a pastor for almost 20 years. And I, I just came to my mind all the different individuals that I've led to the Lord and disciple and how some of them are still serving the Lord and growing with the Lord. And, and it's true. You consider those like your spiritual children uh, because there's a bond there that continues on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that the, the last letter that we have from Paul uh, is written to his beloved son, Timothy. I mean, it's after all the years of preaching and teaching and witnessing, we have to wait till the end of Paul's life to kind of dive into his heart here and, and see some of the anguish and, and triumphs and joys that he has. Clearly, Paul's very emotional. I mean, you're facing your death, right? You're sitting there in prison. You know, in part of the past, you probably get out of prison. Paul got out of prison many times, but you're right. This time he knew this was it. 
And so he just kind of opens up here and it's a beautiful, beautiful book. It is. And Nathan, that's why I really love that. But but also verse two, Nathan, it has such an impact. Those uh, three words there combined together, grace, mercy and peace. And and I remember uh, 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 Pastor Chuck Smith one time sharing on this and he says you can never experience true peace apart from true grace. And when I consider those three words, it, it, grace is such an important thing for the Christian, right? You know, it, it's you're absolutely right what Pastor Chuck said. And if you look at all the religions of the world, where do you find grace, mercy, and peace, all three together other than Christianity? You know, you find some religions and you might, uh, you know, the Buddhist attains for peace and the Muslim will cry out for Allah to grant him mercy. But there's no religion that offers grace. Everything is works. You got to work, mm -hmm. work, work your way to paradise. But Jesus Christ did all the work by dying on the cross. And when we put our faith and trust in him by his grace, we are saved. By his mercy, we aren't executed for our penalty of our sins and our rebellion against God. And then he gives us peace in our walk with him and for all eternity. You can only find those three all together within Christianity. Ooh, that is fantastic, Nathan. I really love that. And that's why anyone that is tuned into our program, again, you made a good point that we we do we cannot work for our salvation. It's a gift of God, of grace, and, and we can't earn it. And it's sad that there's some religions out there, Nathan, that are teaching the works-based. And I believe it was creeping into the church here. And Paul was writing to Timothy uh, to address this uh, legalism that was probably creeping into the church in, in, in a work-based relationship rather than a grace-based relationship. Well, I, I think we're going to get into Revelation chapter uh, in Revelation, but Revelation 2, when the Lord was writing to the seven letters to the seven churches, one of them was the church of Ephesus, the first church. That uh, represents the first century time period of the church. And and the Lord calls them out for the legalism and to return to their first love. And I guess as humans, uh, you know, we have that first initial passion and excitement. But then we have to start codifying and making rules and regulations around everything we do. And we've certainly done that in the church over the years. So you're right. Uh, Paul had to constantly keep breaking up the church and saying, you know, this is about these three things, grace, mercy and peace. It isn't about you know how tall your lectern is or what color your choir robes are. Or, you know, how many times you fast or uh, what direction you're baptized. Those, those aren't the important things. The first love is important. Our love for Jesus Christ. And that only comes by his grace, mercy, and peace. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, you made such a great point. And, and you're right. I'm glad you tied that together there with the church of Ephesus. Uh, uh, of course, Timothy was sent to Ephesus there. And of course, later on, the apostle John is writing in Revelation chapter two. So I thought that was fantastic because again, in a sense, they have kind of forsaken their, their first love. They were going to a works-based relationship as we see some of that happening even today. Yeah, it's very common. Christianity, it, it's like any relationship. You know, you think about when you first started dating your wife or wife-to-be, and everything was passionate and exciting. <laughs> right. No, no formalism to it too much. Uh, you know, it's that young love that people look back and sigh about. And then as time goes on through marriage and tra uh, trials and tribulations, especially raising children, <laughs> you know, everything sometimes gets more formalized and legalized and dates or milestones they're not just uh you know off the cuff so to speak and and we can do that with our faith with god too it becomes more legalistic and 
and more about what we do and not about what the Lord has done. And, mm. and so it's a good thing that uh, Timothy is being reminded about his faith and heritage in the next section because Paul's trying to remind him of where he came from and, and to get back to his first love. Absolutely. And Nathan, there's nothing wrong. I, always, I oftentimes say that we should do works because we're saved, not for our salvation. So as Christians, yeah, we need to show forth our relationship with the Lord by doing good works, but that's not what was saved us. It, it's it's grace. And, and you know, Nathan, two, two verses that actually, as I was thinking about the word grace, Psalm uh, chapter 23, verse 6, um, if you will be able to take us there, uh, because I'm reminded what the psalmist wrote in terms of, as we're talking about grace, mercy, and peace. Oh, well said. Well said. Yeah. Psalm 23, 6 reads, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ooh, I, I love that. Uh, you know, grace, mercy, and peace. And also, Nathan, would you be able to take us also to Revelation 1-4, as you and I have taught through Revelation, but also that's another passage, and it also talks about grace. Yeah, and it follows the same salutation model that Paul did. It's very common in early writing to have a greeting or salutation that reminds people about Christ. You can see here, this instead of uh, the Apostle Paul, we got the Apostle John, and he writes to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits or the Holy Spirit who are before his throne. So here we again, uh, John is greeting the church, uh, same as Paul would greet the other churches and Timothy and Titus and others. And he, he reminds them of the grace and peace in it, that it comes from the Lord. And I just love it. So it's like a itty bitty little reminder, a sermonette in each of these salutations. It'd be like, Greetings in the name of Nathan. I am here by God's <laughs> grace to teach you this word, you know, and they would open up like that. We that letter writing is a lost art nowadays. But back then there was always that initial reminder. Hey, I am a servant of the Lord. It's only by his God's grace. I am here and I'm here to remind you of that as well. Mm. Nathan, I love that. And, you know, it's so interesting. You and I were, were talking earlier regarding the book that we wrote and how well it's being received and it, it's blessing people's lives. And, and again, you and I would attribute that to the grace of God through his work. Right. And him working uh, through us and not of ourselves. So I think you made a great point. Yeah. I mean, the Mighty Angels of Revelation book, which we released last year, is just done so well and it's in its third printing and i praise the lord for it and i i think we both agree the the idea of approaching the book of revelation from the 72 angels or groups of angels point of view which you came up with is uh, was a nudge from god and, and and moving it to write a book was a nudge from dr reagan and and the hard work that we put in it and along with shalice stevens who did the art for it uh it was a labor of love i, I just i pray all, every day man that the lord would be the the vine and we're the branches. You know, in other words, we can we could write as many books and teach as many lessons, but if the Lord's not empowering it, Amen. To the people He wants to, it's a labor in vain. So, and here the apostles set the example by reminding Timothy or the churches or whomever they're writing to, hey, it's about the Lord. He's the guy behind the deal. You don't get grace, mercy, and peace without Him. Oh, I love that. And Nathan, another thing that I thought, I don't know why, but every time I see the word grace, mercy, and peace, I can just attribute this to three wonderful Christian ladies. I know a grace. I know someone named mercy. I still haven't run into anyone named peace, but I just think it's great the way these, these three are put together. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe some hippie was named Peace, but yeah, you're right. I never, never met a girl. I actually uh, encountered somebody named Fears. I mean, what parent would name their child Fears? And why not name them Peace? That is so cool. Actually, I have to reuse that. Maybe someone who's a hippie, maybe maybe name their daughter Peace. But <laughs> we see these as they're sometimes called the Siamese twins. We see them together. Paul, salutations, great mercy and peace. And that leads us to the, so the, to the next verses there, Nathan. Would you be able to take us to verses 3 through 7 as we look there at 2 Timothy chapter 1? Okay. Well, let's go back. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mm, Nathan, that is fantastic. I mean, verse three is, verse three is so powerful. Uh, someone once said that the men and women that God uses are men filled with the Spirit, women filled with the Spirit, men of prayer and women of prayer. And, and I just love here because Paul says that he was praying uh, night and day. And, and you would agree, Nathan, right, that that's where our power comes from is through prayer. Absolutely. Again, it's that reminder that Paul's giving that our connection is to God. Our power is from God. Our very words when we preach in his name is from God. It's not our own. And so, yes. And I, I love that, that he says, I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Mm. Words, uh, Paul's finished the race. He's almost done. And he can look back and say, hey, I have a pure conscience about it all because I always put Christ first. I think that is fantastic. And Nathan, again, we see that great heritage that, that is passed down, of course, um, as you read for us there, Timothy's upbringing, uh, the faith of his grandmother, the faith of his mother, then passed down to uh, the children. And in a sense, that's what you and I are doing with our families, right? Passing down our faith to them. Well, I mean, you now have a whole new generation, Grandpa, so... <laughs> You've got new kids to, to pass the gospel down to. My kids are still uh, not married yet, so I got a lot to go, I hope. But, uh, brother, that's exciting to see a third generation of Batistas. Isn't that awesome? And not only that, but to know that the Lord, by his grace, has allowed us to pass our faith uh, to them. And hopefully they will continue to do so unless the Lord returns really soon, which I believe he will. But here we find the wonderful relationship also, the impact the parents can have on their children and parents should never give up praying for their children when it comes to their relationship with the Lord. No, my mother always told me, uh, you know, she worried a lot about us growing up and, and now that we're adults, uh, they worry about us still. I'm like, really? I was hoping I'd be done worried about my kids once they're out of the house. She says, no, then you start worrying about the grandkids. So <laughs> I guess the praying unceasingly day and night, uh, never ends. And so, uh, but that's what a good parent does. If you don't care, you know, you got to wonder if you're a good parent or a good Christian. Or you you got to care for that next generation. I, I, I always look back to Hezekiah. He was a, one of the kings of Judah. And uh, he there was a prophecy about uh, the destruction of, of Jerusalem. And he was kind of happy about it. He, he, in 
instead of saying, oh, no, he was like, oh, good, it's not going to happen in my time. And, you know, that's a shame as Christians if we're, we become saved and, and then we're like, oh, well, I'm saved. Forget the next generation. Forget anybody else. And that's, <laughs> I, that is not the biblical model whatsoever. I, I, that's Hezekiah, for all the great things he did, that was his fatal flaw. He was, yeah, well, I'm good, so what does it matter for the next? But, but here Paul's like saying, look, I'm still praying day and night for you, Timothy. And, and uh, so it doesn't end. Uh, we pass it on to the next generation, and then we keep equipping them until our last day and we're taken home. Mm, I love that. And, and Nathan, I know we're short on time, but also talking about prayer, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 18 through 19, after Paul speaks about putting on the full armor of God, he ends it with this very uh, powerful uh, verses for himself. Would you be able to take us there to Ephesians 6, 18 through 19? Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Ooh, and, and Nathan, I will say too, I will echo that for anyone that is tuned into our program and listening. You and I will echo that prayer, asking them to pray for you and I for utterance to be given to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's times where I'm preaching and I'm like, Am I saying this? Because I know I can't do this. So, you know, that's the, the times where I really feel like the Lord is as closest to me is, is when I get to preach and teach. And you're right, man, with all prayer and supplication, it's all the Lord. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, Nathan, also, as, we, uh, as we're talking about encouraging people, that's what this program is all about. We want to encourage those of you that are part of this program that you don't have a relationship with the Lord. What a great opportunity for you to become a spiritual son or daughter uh, through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that right now because we think that that is just vital. And that was the key to Paul and Timothy's relationship. Uh, so, Nathan, would you be able to speak to that person maybe that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can enter into the family as well? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jesus was God's only or is God's only son. And God sent his son as a man so he could relate to us so that the perfect man could die for the imperfect. Our rebellion against God, our sins, uh, our rebellious heart, desire to, to fight God. Well, the only penalty for that is death, death in, in hell forever. And so Jesus, by dying on the cross, when we put our faith and trust in him, that penalty comes off of us and goes on to Jesus. Therefore, we're exonerated from our sins. And one day then we can stand before our heavenly father, pure and holy. And Jesus did all that for us. But that's a gift that can only be received if we reach out and take it. And we take it by faith. We trust that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for our sins on the cross, and that he beat death and resurrected three days later. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we will be saved. So if you believe in that, if you want to reach out in faith to the Lord, you feel that tugging of the Holy Spirit in your heart, then pray something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And please be my Lord and Savior. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed clean. And you'll stand before God one day forever in his home in heaven. Mm, fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan. Hey, if any of you trusted in Christ just now, 
let us know. We would love to put you in our prayer list and encourage you. We also have a Bible that we want to send you for free. And you contact us and give us your information. We would love to send you a Bible. And also, if you find yourself in the Daytona Beach area and you want to be baptized, let me know. We'll take you out to the beach and baptize you. Or wherever you are, find a good Bible teaching church. Tell the pastor that you accepted the Lord and that you want to be baptized. And Nathan and I will rejoice with you uh, as you enter into this wonderful relationship with Jesus. So, Nathan, we are so encouraged by being able to encourage those who have been part of the program. Thank you so much, like always, for sharing the wonderful good news with our audience. Well, praise the Lord, brother. I love this discussion, and I hope we could be an encouragement and a source of hope for people. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, we ran out of uh, time for this segment of our program. But remember, the Lord loves you. He has a wonderful plan for you. Be encouraged. We know there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, the Lamb Lion Ministry, saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great day. Thank you, Nathan. God bless you.